This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Welcome to Basketball Gold, everybody, with Fratello and Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps, my partner, former NBA head coach, NBA color analyst, now with the Los Angeles Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers, Mr. Mike Fratello. How are you, sir? Doing great. Good to be with you once again, and lots going on in the NBA right now. Yeah, let's let's start with some, some sad news, Mike. Uh, former NBA head coach, former NBA player, NBA champion, Paul Silas passed away at the age of 79 over the weekend. And I had the pleasure of working with Paul when he was head coach of the Cavaliers for two seasons. You knew Paul a lot more extensively than I did. Uh, Your thoughts when you think of Paul Silas? Just one of those special people that comes along every so often when you think about what he achieved in a six foot seven uh, frame that did not have the greatest athleticism, but understood the game, played with his heart, with his soul, with his intelligence, had an inner toughness about him. There's certain guys you always classified as being a winner, and that was Paul Silas. And it was an honor for me to coach against him during my career. And then after the fact for him, because he lived in Charlotte, when I would go in and and compete against the Charlotte Hornets, I'd turn and there would be Paul in the stands. He would come to their home games and watch the team play because he lived there and loved the game so much. And it was always an opportunity to say hello to Paul and his lovely wife. And uh, then you follow his son's career, starting out as an assistant in the NBA and now the head coach of the Houston Rockets. And this was just one of those special guys that means so much to the foundation of what has happened and the building of the NBA to where it is right now. When you think back, Paul played for in the league, Lenny Wilkins at one point. And I believe Paul averaged a double-double at his size playing the power forward position, Mm -hmm. mostly undersized night in and night out, and averaged a double-double, I think, nine seasons. And that's not too bad for a guy six foot seven. And when he was at Creighton, he averaged over 20 points and over 20 rebounds a game. When I worked with him, Mike, LeBron James had just come to the Cavaliers. Paul Silas was his first head coach. He was there for two years. And I thought, that's a that's an interesting and a pretty sharp hire to bring a guy who had played in the league, had been a longtime assistant in the league, had certainly paid dues because from the time he was the head coach of what the San Diego Clippers in his late thirties was 15 years before he got another shot to be a head coach. And that, that came in Charlotte and kind of a, a, a strong experienced figure to help LeBron through his first two years in the NBA. I think it was actually a great hire by them. The fact that they could bring somebody in who had accomplished what he had accomplished, who was about winning who came from one of the greatest franchises in the NBA, the Boston Celtics, and could pass on his experiences. And this was a family man whose values, core values, uh, were what LeBron himself said uh, impressed him so much in his rookie season. So when Paul would say something to LeBron, it was coming not only from his head coach, 
Bill was coming from an established uh, fatherly type figure mm-hmm. that LeBron could try to learn from, listen to, and have the respect for him because of what he had done in his playing career. So it might have been just the guy to handle an 18-year-old coming into the NBA uh, who was going to wind up being one of the all-time, if not all-time, greatest players in the history of this league and soon will become the number one scorer in the history of this league and a guy who has gone on himself to win NBA championships. So Paul Silas may have had something to do with the roots taking hold, taking place in the beginning of his career. We did a Cavaliers pregame thing with Paul when he was the head coach, Mike. Uh, I learned that he was a music aficionado. So we kind of did a name that tune, sit down thing with Paul. And we had music ready to play for him. And boom. And it was Motown songs that we, we focused in on. He was outstanding. He had a lot of fun with that. So he loved the music. Was terrific doing, you know, the name that tune thing but always a respectful guy who I, I enjoy covering and certainly a, a big loss for the NBA. And our thoughts are with the Silas family and Steven, of course, the head coach of the Houston Rockets. So um, Paul had a fine career and certainly a guy that a lot of folks around the NBA looked up to and respected without question. I think it says a little something about the players on the team and the respect that they have for the Silas name, because, when they played that night, uh, when everyone had learned of the passing of Paul Silas and Stephen, his son, was not there with the team, yeah, they go out against Milwaukee and win the game against Milwaukee. And I would think that was a present from the team to their head coach saying, well, we miss you, we respect you, and this is an honor of your dad who was so important to the growth of the NBA and to where these young people are nowadays because of the, the pace setters way back that, you know, got things going, helped it grow and has had this league expand to 30 teams now over the years. And Paul Silas was certainly instrumental in that. And that was their way of saying, I think, thank you to Paul Silas. And I read Mike, some of those very comments from the Rockets. So you're absolutely right on the money. As we do this podcast, it's uh, Cavaliers sitting at 17 and 10. They are sitting third in the Eastern Conference, just finished that three-game homestand where they went two and one. They had a win over the Lakers, had a terrible loss to the Sacramento Kings, and then a win over the Oklahoma City Thunder on the next night. The win over the Lakers, Mike, 43 points for Donovan Mitchell. He was outstanding. Cavs kind of gave up the lead, came back and got that one. And then against the Kings and the Thunder, Donovan Mitchell didn't play. The Kings, Mike, you're up by eight points with 450 to go. And then it's every coach's nightmare. It was a 19 to nothing run by Sacramento to close out the game and win that one. You're a head coach. In this case, you're J.B. Bickerstaff. You get something like that going. How helpless are you as a coach to, to stop that, Mike? What are you thinking in a situation like that? How does that go? Because... There are only so many timeouts you can call. There are so many, only so many things you can do, I would think. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a head coach, there are certain things you can do. One, you use your timeouts. Now, obviously, you want to have one or two left for the end of the game situations if you can. You make substitutions, put different personnel on the floor. You search for someone that can get you a bucket when you need it. And one of those guys was not there, and that was yeah. Donovan Mitchell, who you put the ball in his hands and you hope that he's going to not only get you a basket, but chances are pretty good he may get to the foul line. And that was my next point I would make, is that you try to get to the foul line to break that run of the opponents, to get your defense set up with the clock stopped, and hopefully then you go on to maintain or hold on to the lead that you have. But sometimes that snowball gets going, and the team winds up with perimeter jump shots that don't go in. They wind up bouncing out long. Sacramento's a team that wants to run, wants to get out and play in transition. Your defense doesn't get a chance uh, to set up. They wind up going on a run where they can't miss a shot. You can't make a shot. You've tried everybody you can try from the bench to try and change the chemistry of the team out on the floor. And I've been in a situation where you feel helpless here. You've tried everything. You've used your timeouts. You've changed the assignments defensively to get the guy out of the, the offensive rhythm of what Sacramento was doing at that time. Maybe get a different guy on him to try and slow that one particular guy down or two guys down. And then other than that, Maybe you make the sign of the cross and pray real hard. If you <laughs> candles with you, you could light a candle yeah. and hope that it would help. On the bench, that could be problematic, though, couldn't it? All of those warm-ups flying around. Yeah, that's a candle. Fire Marshall would, would come in and say, you got to put that out. I think they would. Um, the nice thing is the Cavs bounce back the next night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And three guys stepped up. No Donovan Mitchell, but Karis LeVert had 22 it was 21 and 11 rebounds for Jared Allen and 22 points and 11 rebounds for Evan Mobley. And without Donovan Mitchell, Mike, I, I would think even though, you know, even, even though in practice, whatever else you take a guy like that out, I would think there's an adjustment for the, for the rest of the guys, because as you said, you need a guy to knock down a basket. Well, who's that guy? And you said Donovan Mitchell, when he's not there, how do you, how, how do you get used to it again if you're a player? Is that any problem at all? And is there an adjustment for the guys who are on the floor? I'm sure you could ask any one of the former coaches that have you know been in the league for a number of years. And uh, you get those kinds of guys just for that reason. You get the Michael Jordans. You get the uh, Isaiah Thomas. You get the Larry Birds. You get those players that you know you can put the ball in their hands and the odds are going to be in your favor that they're going to make something good happen. And when they're missing, how do you replace them? So you try to go to the guy who's the next guy in line as your go-to guy. You try to run stuff for him. Maybe you, if he's a frontline guy, maybe you try to get him down the low post area where if they wind up double teaming him, he can pass out, pass over, swing the ball, outnumber the defense get an open look at the basket. But, you know, I'm sure just like you, Jeff, when you walk around the city, I have had more people come up to me and say, what do you think about the Cavaliers? Do you think they really have a chance this year? And I always start off the answer to the question with, 
it depends on injuries because mm -hmm. injuries can just take a season away from a team that is on the verge of doing something special. If you can avoid the serious injuries and have a chance then when you get down the stretch to go to the playoffs, when you get in the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. Just think about the year way back when Detroit, after the Lakers had beaten them uh, the year before on Kareem's, remember that hook shot by Kareem over Lambeer and they called a foul on Lambeer. But that following season, when the Pistons came back, in the practices, getting ready for that last series, Magic Johnson, Byron Scott were both injured in the practices. And if I'm right, Detroit wound up sweeping them in that championship series. It was either 4 nothing or 4-1, but they didn't have their backcourt. So when you have key guys being out, it doesn't give you the same chance as when you have the full complement of players there. So do the Cavaliers have a very good team? Yes. Do they have a deep roster? Yes. But they're only good if they're there in uniform and can play for you. So that's why if they can stay healthy, might miss a game or two here and there. But overall, that's what's going to carry you through to the record that you get, hopefully with home court advantage, and then hopefully through the rounds of the playoffs.